0: this is performance delivered insider secrets for digital marketing success with stefan horst and dave antiel welcome to the performance delivered insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn about how they build successful businesses and their personal brand i'm your host stefan horst today i'm happy to have as our guest bart torcom but is the CEO and founder of Masama Media, a creative marketing company aimed at offering high quality, affordable priced social media solutions for businesses. Before founding Masama, he ran his own bike shop and used social media to sell thousands of bikes. But great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, it's great to be here.
0: But, you know, as I, as I just said, um, before you founded Masama, you, you had your own bike shop. Um, where you should social media to sell bikes. Is that the first time you came in touch with marketing? (laughs) Actually,
1: the first time I would say I was, I think I was seven or eight, and um, I bought a bunch of Beanie Babies uh, for like $5, and they started going crazy in price, um, around $70, $80 for some of these Beanie Baby bears uh, and other ones as well and um, my first lesson in marketing was actually um, when i was looking to sell them at a fair and i just kind of have them thrown out all over the kitchen table not the kitchen table the picnic table that they have um just thinking you know whatever people buy them and my dad was just like no you need to be able to sit them upright and be proud of your product and have them all nice and set and marketed and pointed correctly so that people can really see what what it is that you're trying to sell and that was my first uh lesson in marketing there Um, the bike shop was actually a bit of guerrilla marketing. I was back in college in 2000, uh, gosh, 2010, 2011. And so I was pushing a bit of stuff on Facebook. I was making some sales, but I was also printing flyers, um, had a lot of activity on Craigslist. Um, and, uh, and started to see a bit of activity on Facebook, but it actually wasn't until I got involved in, and another company called C Bond that I um, was an owner in where uh, we ended up getting funded. And this was after I, after college and I was living in Bend, and um, we got funded from the startup, um, not a ton of money. It was a hundred thousand dollars, but it was enough for us for the town of Bend for me to basically market the app that we built in every conceivable way. So um, we bought a newspaper, uh, radio, television, uh, Facebook ads, Twitter, um, uh, Google, AdWords. Basically you name it um, <laughs> besides the yellow pages we did it. And by far the highest ROI was from Facebook followed by um, Google and then Twitter and then uh, um, TV and radio and, and print. they all did they didn't even really make the same graph actually as far as a uh, comparison and ROI was to that to that app being
0: downloaded. Did you back then look at how, how the more upper funnel channels like TV, radio, kind of impacted the more mid and, and lower funnel channels? Um, you know,
1: in a way, I, I had a hard time putting it all together. I'm not like a digitalist, so uh-huh. I'm, I'm not one to just be like, oh, TV's dead, radio's dead. I just think that they're overpriced right now. Mm -hmm. I I think that they are asking too much money for the amount of ears and people they're getting in front of um, where Facebook and Instagram are very underpriced Mm -hmm. and um, you can get in front of way more people and actually have an exact audience for a lot cheaper than um, TV and radio. And also you can measure things like, did they go to my site? Did they purchase stuff? All sorts of stuff you could do there. TV it's just kind of like, they did a nielsen rating and it sounds <laughs> like people saw it and radio's just like yeah we're pretty sure it's just a much much more wishy-washy yeah. as far as what's going on with um with your content when it's being distributed on those platforms but that's not to say that they aren't being distributed and people are not seeing and hearing it because they are it's just it's a more difficult game to play when it comes to uh, is this upper channel stuff working
0: yeah that makes sense so i guess you know doing. Facebook advertising in 10, 11, 12, that must have been almost like a gold rush time. Um, reminds me a little bit of 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 Google back in the early 2000s, you know, when you could buy clicks for five cents and even less. And you would have a huge return on advertising, spend, no, a return on investment. Um, I would assume the same was, you know. Kate yeah. Yeah. On Facebook
1: yeah the the cost uh well when i started mazama that was 13 and that was just a little after starting was mazama was from c coupon and seeing the roi that we got from facebook and i was like we could do use other businesses and that's where that kind of blew up from um and the cost then per cpm because it's done differently google adwords not like you could pay per click but you definitely wanted to optimized per CPM meaning cost per a thousand impressions, but uh, shoot, I mean, it's like seventy cents or something. Now it's like four dollars, four or five dollars. But that's still right now. It's still a gold rush because it will one day, probably next couple of years, um, be thirty or forty. Which, if you think about it, if you're kind of just wishy-washy on Facebook right now, you, yeah, you should you should be going all in because one day you're going to be like. God damn it! This cost forty-five dollars <laughs> now, and people aren't paying as much of attention. I should have bought it when it was dollars. Yeah, uh, I more think of the gold rush being right now for those that are willing to recognize that it's happening.
0: So, you still think that inventory is so massively underpriced? Um... Absolutely, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, same with uh, like Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, so it's uh, yeah. it's around the same price, and then stories are still incredibly underpriced as well. Uh, you know, two, three dollars CPMS is pretty insane. And you think of like a cost per one thousand impressions and being like, you're paying for like a Facebook newsfeed four bucks on average in this country, being the U.S. to get in front of a thousand specific people that you want to get in front of. Not like, hey, this is a thousand people that live in Portland. Like, no, this is a thousand people that live in Portland who are also vegan. Who also drive Priuses, like mm-hmm. that's specific. And that for four dollars is pretty insane. And if you're able to take the creative, the content, the like thing that that Prius V and driving Portlandier is going to resonate with, and take time on that, you're going to win big time, and you're going to be doing it for four bucks per thousand times they see it. I mean, again, wrapping your head around that is pretty freaking insane, that much blanket coverage to that specific kind of an audience for that low amount of money.
0: I guess, you know, a lot has to do with, with audience and the selection of who you're going to target. Um, it's, it's a little bit like like paid search, right? If you, if you have a keyword on broad match and you blast it out without any focus, um, you will spend a lot and you will get not, you won't get a lot of, Results, mm-hmm. positive results. I I assume the same is with Facebook, right? If if you don't, you know, break down your audience segments and and I assume, you know, create um, create creatives that fit for that audience segment, you probably have the same issue as with a broad match keyword approach on Facebook. Oh, sorry, on 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 Google.
1: Yeah. Um, but a lot of people also get, and sometimes my team gets caught up in this as well. And I, you know, bring us back. I, I'll get caught up in it. Um, uh, a lot of people do when it comes to Facebook and Instagram marketing. It's just this idea that if you make the right audience, then they're going to buy Hey, we got it down to those vegan, um, uh, Prius driving Portlanders. They are totally going to love our vegan, um, Prius only air freshener. mm-hmm Right, that would make sense. But if your creative sucks, and if you're not saying, "Hey, Portland um, uh, preservationists, and look how cool this is," and you need to take time, and you just thought because my audience is right, they're going to buy what I have to, have to show them, but there's no time on the art, then you're going to fail as well. So the secret that people it, it is just that it takes time, and that people don't want to do it. So you're able to break down. I mean your product, you probably can sell them more than just like people that live in Portland who are vegan and drive Priuses. You could probably also do it to people who are in Seattle. You probably also to people around LA and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a whole nother different things. And those people talk different ways. People, those people like different things. I mean, just saying, Hey, Chicago, and then not talking about the vegan thing, but they end up seeing that because it's some sort of vegan product. And then you "I have that same ad saying, hey, Portland. And then the same one saying, hey, Seattle. And then the same one saying, hey, LA. And then you get even more specific, hey, Thousand Oaks, hey, Santa Monica, hey, Santa Barbara, instead of just, hey, LA area. And you make those videos over and over and over again, then people's thumb are going to stop because they're being relevant to them. But people just don't want to take the time to do that. They think that you know, if I just get the right audiences and throw it out there, they'll buy. And then when they don't, they're like, oh, Facebook doesn't work like no you didn't take the time to freaking stand out from the crowd to make it work like right now internally we're doing it we're doing like for our own marketing we're gonna be hitting like e-commerce people in e-commerce that live in Oregon and Washington to start and I'm in front of a green screen saying hey Husky fans hey Beaver fans hey Duck fans hey Timbers fans hey uh, Blazers fans um, and a few others and I'll be in front of those stadiums and making comparisons about, hey, Beaver fans, Oregon State Beavers, we won. Uh, it's my alma We won last year's College World Series. Our football team is horseshit. We're horrible. So I'm like, <laughs> do you want your marketing to be like our football team or like our baseball team? I'm being relevant to them, and I'm going to target the e-commerce players who are Oregon State fans. And their thumb's going to stop, and they're going to appreciate that, as you can imagine you would, because I'm taking the time to make something
0: for you. So what you're basically saying, what I hear is, you know, it's great when you break up audiences, but Mm -hmm. that's that's not all. What you really have to have is a creative. So an ad unit um, that really. Communicates with that audience that you basically build out, is that correct?
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like you can create the the audience and that's great. But if you don't take time
0: on the art of it, then you're going to lose. Is there is there anything specific about creative? Um, you know, because you can spend, as you said, very little time on a creative and you probably will you know, not be successful or you can spend a lot of time. Um, what is it from a creative perspective, maybe the top five things that people should adhere to in order to 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 kind of develop a creative that helps them to be successful?
1: Well, the first thing is you need to have a brand strategy and you need to have a brand. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I've learned over the five years of running Mazama, the companies that we, um, have failed, um, they would, they were newer companies and they would come in without a brand and they would just expect because they made this thing for this, this market that it would sell. And as I was learning myself over the years, I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And so we'd be working and we wouldn't have much success. Well, now we realize that like, no, you need to have a brand and a brand strategy, um, Put into place and that needs to be followed so if you're making a bunch of facebook ads and instagram ads google display ads and tv commercials whatever it is that you're doing you need to be having branding guidelines you need to be having uh different colors and stuff like that that is going to communicate people saying that's that brand i remember that brand so the frequency often they remember you goes up then once they trust your brand because you've been pushing your brand and not selling then they'll start to buy so on the creative side Whatever is your branding guidelines, whatever you decide to go with, stick with it. Get creative within those boundaries, but that needs to be your boundaries. Second is video is king. If you don't have a bunch of video that you can use, then start making movement from the pictures using apps like Legend, which you could do on your phone. You can take a picture of your product and then have words fly across the screen in as little as five seconds from your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, movement is big. And then understanding that, that vertical video is the key to story success and understanding that stories is what's taking over Instagram and Facebook. Now you should, that means that your content should be done both horizontally and vertically so that people can uh, interact with it on both of those platforms. That is until stories completely wins, which I think will be my personal opinion uh, after talking with Facebook and what they've been telling me. I It seems probably like two years from now that like newsfeed will end up being pretty irrelevant.
0: Okay. Um. So you, you just you know obviously said a few of the things that are really really important. Um. One thing you said is that you know you need to have a brand. Are you are you saying that if you knew. A new brand, a new product, uh, you don't have that brand value. There is no recognition. So probably going in and saying, hey, you know what? I want to achieve a five-to-one return on investment, return on advertising spend. It's um, yes. probably a little bit unrealistic because you first need to actually start building your brand and build familiarity with your audience before you then can basically go ahead and start selling your product to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> brand is everything.
1: It's absolutely everything that's why people buy everything that they're wearing right now you look down at the clothes you're wearing right now and you see what you're wearing and uh, odds are it's not because a cookie followed you around and that's why you bought those jeans and that's why you bought like whatever shoes that you have on or whatever that is just because you ended up identifying with the brand over time and you decided that you ended up trusting it so um when it comes to sunglasses i mean there's plenty of people that make stuff that looks like ray-ban stuff but people want the ray-ban stuff and it's just like the name like okay well if that's the case why it's like well they put the time in to build a brand so you gotta understand can you make conversions during the time while you're building a brand absolutely absolutely you can but this whole idea of like okay i just started a company now i'm gonna start selling like hotcakes on facebook overnight well (laughs) if it was that easy everyone would be doing it right we'd all be trillionaires it'd be great yeah But no, you gotta develop that brand first. You gotta figure out the most inexpensive way of doing it, and you gotta keep on giving value to your consumer, potential consumer, and then ask them for a sale later on instead of demanding it in the beginning. Because that's the same as like kissing somebody on a first date. Um, (laughs) It typically doesn't work out too well. Actually, it's more like asking somebody to marry you on a first date. That really doesn't work out too well. And that's what a lot of startup and companies are doing. That's what a lot of companies that even have established brands end up then doing on different social platforms with not a lot of success because it's like, hey, yeah, I know of you, but you're new to me here on this, this being Instagram, this being Facebook, whatever. So develop what is your language on this platform before you just start saying bye bye, bye, bye.
0: So would you then I mean, you know, obviously you have several solutions within within Facebook. You you can do prospecting um where you kind of you know you still go targeted but you do a more brand awareness approach and then obviously you can do retargeting mm-hmm. on Facebook where you re-engage with people that have to your that went to your site and, and found out about the company, the products, the services. Um from 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 your experience um those two you know tactics um obviously in the beginning you don't have much retargeting um Because you need to build that retargeting pool. Do you see the return investment more on the retargeting, remarketing side Um, and not so much on the more prospecting awareness side? Or over time, when you've built the brand within your audience, do you also then uh, see the return on, on the more prospecting approach where you kind of hit people, you know, depending on your frequency several times?
1: Well, you know, we look at it as a funnel, so they're not two different things. I, they are two different things, but they the one hand feeds the other. So mm-hmm. the prospecting of putting out that net to those, um, you know, vegan Prius drivers, yep. you know, you have to first start getting them to your site and then you can retarget them with a the Facebook pixel. But you want to be giving them content. You want to be giving them value, lots of different videos on the air freshener thing you're trying to sell them to make them start, like, really seeing it more. Um, and then when they've been in the site a few times and you can see that they're pretty interested and they haven't, maybe they've been putting the air freshener into their cart, but it's time for them to convert. Well, if you have your Facebook pixel set up correctly, then you can retarget them with like, Hey, you forgot to shop, uh, you forgot to convert this. So you forgot to buy this, um, out of your shopping cart or, um, I, I, like right now we're having amazing success with one of our clients called Will Leather, and they're a pretty established uh, medium-sized company out of uh, Eugene and they have locations across the U.S., um, New York, um, Venice Beach, all over the place, Denver. Mm-hmm. And um, basically we are getting a huge ROI off of the retargeting sp- um, uh, area of the spend right now but we know that that retargeting audience will be exhausted. Mm-hmm. So we are putting more money into the prospecting because retargeting doesn't work forever. They're yeah. going to buy or not, or they sure. already do buy. And then there will be opportunity for upsell and cross sell. But if you just get caught up in this whole, well, this is great, just put more money in the retargeting side, um, it's going to dry up.
0: So you need you to feed need the to pool. Up. Yeah. Pretty much. You yeah. Mean, that makes sense. Um, I'm sure you you had your share of companies that come to you and say, you know what? We heard you're great. You know, can you deliver us great ROI through Facebook marketing? Because that's a channel we haven't figured out. And obviously, Uh many of those companies, they have this expectation, as we talked about a second ago that, you know, the dollars come in immediately. How how do you deal with them? How do you talk to them and, and explain to them that it's not like this magic machine that you, you know, just turn on and all of a sudden the dollar bills come out and you can just, you know, rake them together and bring them to the bank? <laughs> um
1: I talk well depending on the company but like if what you're describing that they're new and they have this product and you know, the brands not really that established i'm like okay it's time for us to give a lot of value on facebook and on instagram we got to be talking about like um you know if we were doing for me personally like um when i'm putting out uh content on linkedin i i'm not talking about um Hi, Rudy. here's what you do with a pixel. and if you want to know the rest, give us a call and we'll give you a free social media consultation. or this month only we'll give you for, your first month will be half off. like no, just talk and give value. like this is what you need to do. This is how you should be setting up. I'll be talking about like philosophy. I'll be talking about books that I've read and stuff like that. Um, and not expecting anything in return. like what's the most value I can give to the world? and without expecting anything and people end up coming and they end up buying from you just because you put them in that in that situation of learning as opposed to like oh you have to you have to you have to buy all the time so when clients come and they're like you know i want to sell these sunglasses and just made them awesome and this other company is selling the same kind of sunglasses and and there should be no reason we're not getting their kind of numbers and blah, blah 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 which isn't an exact experience i've had And I'd be like, well, listen, slow down. Like, if we don't build your brand and get value, nobody's going to care. And this company that you're comparing it to that you think that we could just turn you into overnight, uh, they've been established for five years. Been around for five years. You just opened literally this month. So let's get building the brand. Let's get people used to seeing you. Let's have you be a normal thing that people like to watch this stuff. People, companies need to stop thinking of themselves as the commercials on Facebook and Instagram. They need to be thinking about themselves as the publishers. They need to be thinking of themselves as the show, as a TV show and not the commercial. So they need to start showing like the behind the scenes type stuff. What inspired them to make these sunglasses that float in water? What did this? What did that? How has this journey been going? What are some of the fun things behind the scenes on the photo shoots that they've been doing? I mean, what is going to be interesting without saying buy these sunglasses today because they're 50% off Mm -hmm. and you build that loyalty brand through it. And that's going to take time. I actually tell a lot of them, I'm like, just start blogging everything. Just start taking, just start documenting everything about building your company and give it to us so then we can use that as micro content. And a lot of them, I advise them to make podcasts as well. I'm like, just because it will give us so much content you make a freaking podcast if you can make one for me mr client at least like one a month not a lot of them end up doing this and we end up working with what we got but when they do oh my god and now (laughs) we have one podcast every month and we just got an hour sometimes an hour and a half of all this content my team can go through like minute two to minute three was fire content and then 15 to minute 17 was so fire and we'll cut that up and then put that together and throw it to the public with it looping back to the pillow content of us which we prefer to be on video as well so that we can have that video element to it but mm-hmm. if not, you know we'll make graphics or like the audio things or. Are- up and up and down. So basically when I'm talking to clients that are really excited to be working with me and everything, I said, buckle up your seatbelt and we're going to be doing this for at least a year together. And it's not going to be like, you're not going to get crazy conversions within the first three or four months. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And I also, by the way, I need you to do a lot of work. And they're like, well, that's what I you for. Nope, I need you to do a lot of work. I need original content from you guys. I'm not you guys. I know how to distribute it. We know how to do A-B testing. We know how to get conversions, but I also know that the original content from you is how we're gonna do it. So I need you to do the work. And I go, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, also, are you on Instagram? No, I'm not on Instagram. That's for my that's for my kids. It's kind of silly. I was just like, yeah, download it now. I'm sick of I'm not gonna be that guy anymore that just goes, it's okay. Uh, You don't have to be on Instagram or Facebook because that's what you hired me for and I get like, no, you need to go on fucking Instagram and download it right now so you understand where this underpriced attention is, where all this attention is and what they're doing on it. Mm -hmm. You start understanding what how people are engaging on Instagram, what this story thing I'm talking about is, Mm -hmm. what the newsfeed's doing, what, how, that the, the fact that you can have a minute-long video and that's it. How long a story is. The reason why it's vertical. Different freaking geotags you can put in. Different gifts. All this sort of stuff. You really won't start understanding it until you get into it yourself. That way, Mr. Client, you and I could have a conversation about, hey, I saw this thing and stories with this uh, swipe up. What is that? And I'm like, oh, that's a story ad. And yeah, we actually are running, okay, great. I was thinking about doing it this way. Now we're thinking the same language instead of me mm-hmm. just telling you some numbers and you like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Because, and for the people that might be listening, it's be like, yeah, I missed don't of the time for that. You did have time to watch TV in the 90s. You did have time to listen to radio when it was a thing. And a lot of times if you ran a business and if you ran radio and TV ads, You specifically listen to the ads of one, boost your ego to hear your own radio and TV ad, but two was also doing market research. So Mm -hmm. you were listening on, you were watching TV and you're, and let's say you're a car dealership, you're watching TV and you're sunk and you have a TV ad and um, you're watching the Bears game and all of a sudden your competitor pops up in the second quarter and you go, huh? That's interesting to spot that decision to be in the second quarter like that. Right. at the end, And is also right when it ended. I wonder if we should have one right when it ended. Now, that's interesting that they also had it in halftime. I wonder if that was cheaper. Also, that is a minute long instead of 30 seconds or 45 seconds. Also, that was really cool video they made. Why isn't ours look like that? Mm-hmm. I think ours should be like that. You're doing market research because that's where the attention is, including your own. So don't be an old dinosaur and be like, no, that's just not for me because you will lose. You need mm-hmm. to be having that same conversation you had when you're watching a Bears game on TV that you'd be having while you're on Instagram and going in between stories of what your kids are doing and seeing what other businesses are doing and starting to get ideas as to where your company should go on these platforms. So I'm just done with being like, no, it's OK, I'll do it for you.
0: So it sounds like you you kind of make sure that the expectations are set in the beginning of you know what you are delivering and what you expect. Of your client to do to make this successful, because at the end of the day, I think that there was a good point in there. You know, it will be hard to to convince them that what you're doing is is is, is good and it, it's the right road to success if they don't understand what you are doing and how it yeah. actually works. Exactly, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, but you know, we we talked about audiences, we talked about creative. Actually, there's there was one point. I've wrote down here creative you said earlier video is king right um you know from your perspective is video kind of the new thing that kind of makes you stand out or makes your clients stand out from the static images that are pretty much all looking the same um when you yeah. go on, on on facebook and instagram
1: yeah i mean just uh your eyesight moves more with a video than with a static image. So as your thumb is scrolling down your newsfeed and you see something that just automatically starts moving, you can't help yourself that you give it a little bit more attention. I Mm -hmm. forgot what the science breakdown numbers is. i have in front of me, but it it is down to like studies Mm -hmm. of movement causing the eye to engage more than just a still image. So when you're flying through with your thumb on the thing and a bunch of still images and you see a video, you still might go past it, but you are going a little bit slower, even if you don't recognize it. It just captures more. Mm
0: -hmm. And just to be clear, you know, I don't think you need to have like a minute long or even 30 second long video. I mean, this could be, you know, like a 10, 15 second video and it, it serves the purpose, I would assume.
1: Yeah, or it could be a still image that has, um, that has words coming in on it. That just movement, really, right? So you can't make any videos because, uh, I don't know, you come up with excuses for yourself because we have <laughs> these video cameras and all these phones. Yeah. But then just have words come in on still images. <laughs> have, have, have your still images turn into a slideshow. Have something move.
0: Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what are the do's and don'ts? of Facebook advertising? What are the things that you see when, you know, when you win a client, um, and they have done Facebook, excuse me, advertising before? Um, what are the, the, the things where you want to you know rip out your hair? You're like, God damn it. Again and again, the same thing. <laughs> why, why don't they know that this is just bad practice? What are those things? And what are the ones where you say, you know this is what you should do, at least to be successful. I think we covered a few things already, but yeah,
1: well, I actually, um, I could pick on Best Buy right here. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I was studying, I was surfing around on their site and they have a Facebook pixel installed on their homepage, um, which means that they can retarget you if they if you go to bestbuy.com and then that's it. And it just blew my mind that a company that size was dropping a ball in that way. Having a Facebook pixel set up across your website is 101 on doing on doing effective ads. And Best Buy also, because um, now that Facebook's more transparent, you can go to their Facebook and see that they are running ads, so it's not like they decided that that's not gonna be what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So somebody over there needs to be uh, taught how to do this correctly, because they don't have a pixel firing correctly. And one of the main things is like the shopping cart. So I put, I was going through Face, uh, Best Buy and I put a thousand dollar TV in my shopping cart and then I abandoned it Mm -hmm. and there was no pixel set up. And so I was never reminded about that thousand dollar TV and that would have cost Best Buy if they set it up correctly to get that impression in front of me. Oh, less than a penny. And it's like, what what the fuck are you doing? What, like, it sounds that, like they're
0: just... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I'm I, I flabbergasted when it comes out. So I guess the main do is having the pixel set up correctly, having the pixel yeah. firing on all pages, especially like the shopping cart page. Um, no matter what you're selling, no matter mm-hmm. what you're doing on your site, so that you can then give content to a person based on where they went on your site. Because just going to Best Buy isn't enough. They could be in the fridges, they could be in the TVs, they could be in the freaking new phone, and then you're going to want to serve them an ad based on what they went to on your site specifically, not just, hey, thanks for coming to Best Buy, we're doing fridges. I'm like, I'm not interested in a fridge, I want a TV. <laughs> but we sell fridges, that doesn't make sense. But that's how it's set up. That's how they have it set up right now. Um, so that's like one of the do and don't. Like, like, don't be running ads on Facebook about the pixel setup, right? And, and do make sure that that pixel's set up correctly. Um, the other is, uh, you know, when I'll take over ad accounts and and um, whatever they're doing internally or another agency was just running nothing, but. Um, But buy, buy, buy ads, just like only this much, only this much. And they're like, yeah, it didn't work. I'm like, yeah, you didn't take any time to build your brand. You'd take any time to build a report. You didn't give any value to them. You just had all these ads that just were trying to convert left and right. And you weren't getting conversions because people didn't know who you were and, and you were offending them. And then also Facebook's now going to be charging you more. To get in front of them because that's how their algorithm works. So because you got greedy, not only did it not work, but Facebook charged you more to do it than your competitor who didn't ask for the business right away, and um, they were getting conversions and they were paying Facebook less money to do it, which is um,
0: hilarious. Yeah. Thanks for those 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 two points. Um, how how should a company? I mean. You know we as, as 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 agency owners we would always obviously love if, if companies come to us so we can advise them on what to do but if a company says you know what i want to i want to start off myself um, how do they start off right um from your perspective um you know I you know. said make sure that everything is pixeled um yeah. I, I i would say probably um have a strategy in place because the pixel issue you just outlined sounds to me like someone when they when they designed a strategy for this campaign, drop the ball to say, hey, you know what, make sure all sites and all pages are picked up, you know. Um, are there any other things that, that you know, a small company can can get started with Facebook without having to, to bring in an agency?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you need to take in the time to learn how to do it. So Google, how to run Facebook ads. I mean, like, uh, go into Facebook Blueprint, and um take all the classes and try to get certified yourself um, Mm -hmm. being a facebook blueprint certified person then you at that point will at least have a good understanding on how the tools of facebook work and how you can use them um and then you can build a brand like if you already have a brand that's a bit developed now you can deploy your brand outlines within those facebook tools Mm -hmm. or you i would recommend like start doing your branding strategy while at night you're working on um facebook blueprint
0: to Mm -hmm. figure out yourself that makes sense um it looks like we're kind of coming towards the end of the podcast when we started you said i think you said you you would bet that in two years facebook stories or instagram stories will be kind of the thing that you have to do and that will be hugely successful are there any other Facebook, Instagram, things that you think will 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 shape the future of how you know those two platforms help companies to be successful.
1: Um, well, Facebook's purchase of uh, Oculus and uh, what they're doing in VR is going to be coming pretty quick. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it they they have like Oculus Go now and, and they're going to continue to forms and as marketers it's going to be our job to go in and be like okay this is starting to get legs which it will i mean one day it won't even be the bulky thing on your head anymore it's going to be like contact lenses that you'll pop in and your brain will 96 or 97 percent believe that you're in paris but you're not you're just sitting in your bedroom but you're going to believe that you're in paris like okay so if i'm in paris right now through facebook oculus um and i look over at this um French uh, bakery and I walk in and there's this awesome bread. Well, if I, my client sells that bread, I want to be able for have that pop up and they can reach out and tap it and that would allow them to buy it virtually and it will show up to their house via Amazon or whatever within the next couple of days. So VR is gonna have a big play, um, another big play that um, I've been embracing. Um, I was putting off for a while, embracing it personally until I realized that privacy is just, option anymore which is too bad that's a whole nother podcast and that's a that's just one about liberty and whatnot but it, it's it's dead so it's my job to build on top of voice devices like um, uh, google home and alexa um, you know we have all sorts of different clients a lot of them are uh, dealerships a lot are in commerce and whatnot but for a dealership example like i need to find out i need to be thinking okay how are my dealerships going to be able to come up top first when you say to Alexa, I need an all wheel drive vehicle in between 20 and $30,000 because that's where, that's where things are going because voice is convenient. It's uh, you know, we thought it was really convenient to be able to just go into our phone and change a song or to Google something, but it ends up becoming more and more convenient to just as you're cooking to be asking Alexa about a car and you're in a conversation with somebody. And now Alexa is even able to show it to you with mm-hmm. Alexa show being out. So um, that world is one that um, I really think marketers need to be starting to pay real close attention to.
0: Great. Well, but it has been a pleasure talking to you. This was really informative. Um, I hope the listeners um, got a lot of points they can take away and then implement themselves. Um, if they can't implement it themselves and if they feel like, you know what, that sounds, someone, sounds like someone that really knows how to, uh, you know, set up a successful Facebook campaign um, or Instagram campaign. Um, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Um, I You know, I in I'm very active myself on LinkedIn. Um, Bud Torkum, uh, T-O-R-C-O-M. I'm the only one on there um, that has that name. <laughs> Same with Facebook. Um, yeah, you know, you can hit me up bud, at AmazonaMedia dot com, and um, I'm really into just helping people out too. So, like, if you just have questions and you're not looking to hire me, you'll be surprised how much I'll help you out and answer. And uh, good karma comes back around all the time. I, you know, I'm not one to be like, oh, we well, have to hire us for that. I'll let you know something that you're doing right or something that you're doing wrong. I have no problem with that, it, it gives me joy. Sounds
0: good. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital.